What is going on, Internet? Welcome back to another episode of Nerdy Nomicron. Episode 22. And a little surprise for you guys at the beginning there. We got intro music. What, what? Hell yeah. <laughs> yep. After 22 episodes, we finally put some <laughs> intro music on. Uh, and also, a little treat for you guys afterwards, there is also outro music. But don't be fooled, it's the same song, just, you know, played out. Anyways, I am your host, with the most to boast. No roast. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Dropping my album soon, no, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Snurfin. Joining me, as always, my lovely, amazing, brutally handsome co-hosts, starting with my... Well, I was going to say left, but you know what? There's no real direction, and I'll keep doing this from time say to time. Up. Starting on this side, <laughs> starting with my one, my one up, Ollie the Vonstrosity. How you doing, homie? Better than you. Thank you. Better than me. Yeah, that's... Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then, and then uh, to my, my down, I guess, if we're really going to go with that, left and or right, uh, would be... Ryan, a.k.a. Synthetic, how you doing? It's a little lonely down here, but that's okay. Well, unfortunately, I don't get to choose the order in which you guys appear inside Discord. It's all based on... It's it's all based on who joins first. (laughs) Unfortunately for us, Ollie always gets here first. That's right, I live here. He lives in cyberspace. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on the discord he's actually uh, roommates with craig <laughs> this is exactly Tell what fuck, um fuck himself for us yeah this this is what the zuck wanted when he made the metaverse <laughs> well the zuck can suck it <laughs> yeah man and machine man. <laughs> living together mutually. i mean he does kind of look like an android a little bit zuckerberg Shoutouts to Zuckerberg. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, don't don't care if you're a fan of the show. Don't even, don't even give a fuck. Uh, yeah, it's been a, been a fun week for us, I suppose. Um, been a lot going on. I know, Ryan, you've been, uh, you've been busy with Destiny. I, unfortunately, have been busy with work, so I have not been able to, to really Destiny as of late. Um, and you were able to take part in day one of the raid what's it called the vow of uh vow of the disciple that's such a metal name the vow of the disciple like it's fucking sick man (laughs) i feel like there should be some death metal in the background of that there's a pretty good (laughs) soundtrack to the raid i won't lie they always do a good job with it but this one is this one slaps Pretty bang on. Yeah, you know, I uh, I hopped into to Twitch very briefly the other night uh, to say hey, but you guys looked like you were fucking neck deep in shit. Um, yeah. And I, I couldn't make heads or tails of what you were doing. All I heard was mountain, flower, and something else. And I'm like, I have no idea what is going on. <laughs> um, but the one thing I did see was a Vex artifact from a la Vault of Glass. Yep. Uh, the the Vex Shield thing. Uh, I definitely yeah. want to touch on that in a bit here. Uh, and Ollie, you got to go see the Batman. That's right. I'm pretty privileged. 
you are definitely <laughs> privileged to be one of those thousands of people who get the uh, the <laughs> opening show the night before its actual release. Um, and again, I've been busy with work and have not been able to get, get out and go see it. You need, you need to get um, your priorities straight. Uh, yeah, I know. I definitely need to sort that out. Um, yeah, no. Like, how dare I put my career ahead of my life? Yeah, what do you need to put a roof over your head when you have one at the theater? That is fair. <laughs> and you know what? I could. True. I could, in fact, live. At the Landmark Cinemas. I fucking love that place. I know I sucked its dick a bit a few episodes ago, but we're going to do it again because <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Please sponsor it's us. It's so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shout outs to Landmark Cinemas. I'll be in touch. Let's get a sponsorship deal going. Needs to happen. It needs to happen. I don't, I don't care. Um, no, absolutely love that place. And like the last time... Uh, that we went, my wife and I went to go see Uncharted. I'm pretty certain we talked about that in the last episode. Yep. Um, just a, a great experience, man. Like everything, the reclining couches, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fucked because we, uh, we went to the show a little later in its opening weekend. So like we didn't pre-plan, we just kind of went. Uh, and unfortunately kind of got stuck uh, in the front row, not like the very, very front row, but like, you know how there's like the very, very like right, you can pretty much touch the bottom of the screen front row and then there's like a recess and then there's where the rest of the rows start, like yeah. at the bottom. Yeah, we like, sat like there. Like at the, the entrance level. Entrance level, thank you. Good, good, uh, good call there. We sat there and even still, it was still amazing. It was still good. And with the recline and everything, it didn't even matter. It didn't even matter. Like it was, didn't crane our necks looking at the screen. And the screens are just big enough where you don't have to like look at one side and then pan all the way to the other and then pan all the way back, try to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Love you, Landmark Cinemas. Ollie, thank you so much for forcing my hand into going into a Landmark <laughs> Cinema. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, yes, no, and uh, it's, it's fantastic, man. Like it's, it may be a few dollars more than than cineplex but like the the value that you get out of it is unparalleled um yeah i'm i'm always in awe of that place when i go there and everybody the staff there is always so happy and whatever not like cineplex staff that look like ghouls just <laughs> just just dead in the eyes and done with the <laughs> done with life and their job in the film industry <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Where it takes them like twenty minutes to get you your fucking small popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, they they're really the lowest of the low over there. Sometimes they, it's they depressing almost. <laughs> it is. It's very depressing. I can see just 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 by looking at the the sea of disembodied bodies. I know that doesn't make much sense, but it does in my head. <laughs> where like you can see the spirit of their their just their very essence slowly seeping out of their bodies as they just <laughs> subtle over to the till and what can I get you? Would you like to upsize for forty cents? Blah 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 blah. Like just going through the motions. The people at Landmarks are like, hey, how's it going? What are you seeing today? Blah 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 blah. Can I get you this this and this? And they're like so much more upbeat. Um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. 
um, I will never ever return to the dirty, dirty, disgusting low Cineplex. <laughs> End rant. Um, Ollie, let's let's talk. Let's talk Batman, buddy. Let's. Uh, I want to hear your first impressions, uh, and then after, uh, I guess after I come back from vacation, we can hopefully we'll all have seen it at some point, and then we can do a little little dive on it. Okay, so opening thoughts about the Batman was um, basically I, I've had this issue with movies in the past where you really got to watch 10, 20 minutes of it before you really get to feel the tone of where you're at right? Uh, and, and the way the story is going to progress and what you're really in for. And that's not really something that I want to experience because movies are like two hours, three hours max these days. And, you know, to to wait a while for it to really ramp up, it kind of kills the mood in some movies. So this, yeah, this movie takes no time at all to really get the tone across. Like the the shots of Gotham that it opens up with and the kind of like monologue. Um, I believe it's Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne talking about, yeah, the city and the fear of the Batman and how everyone's afraid of the shadows and whatnot. And it shows a various group of delinquents, you know, doing graffiti and whatnot in in Gotham streets. And it just, you know, it just really sells just how dark, gothic and at wit's end Gotham is at. And then you finally get the introduction of Batman. And it's just like, it happens a few times in the movie, but it's literally just like him walking out of the shadows and it just sends you like fucking chills. Mm. And from that point forward, the movie just really picks up and it feels like I'm in a Universal Studios fucking roller coaster or something because it like you're exhausted by the end of the movie but in a really good way because you just felt like you got basically a mainland arkham game as like a movie and yeah it it it's just great like i was on the edge of my seat throughout the whole movie i was really captivated by the performances i was really entertained by it all um I don't think there was one scene in the movie where I really felt like, okay, this is taking too long. I want right. to get to the next part. I don't know what's happening. The whole movie, the pacing is really well done because it, even though it does feel like a sprint, there are no um, parts where it doesn't progress the story forward and it doesn't feel like, oh, they just threw this in here just to do a, a car chase scene with the Batmobile. It, right. like, it all makes sense. And... And there's a few plot twists in the movie as well that, you know, I, like they weren't like blow me away plot twists. Maybe some of them were, but, you know, it really just keeps you on edge being like, OK, I think I know what's going on. And then they just throw another layer to it. And it's like, OK, how deep does this go? Right. And it, and it leaves a lot to to interpretation for sequels. And it's like, ah, OK, maybe that's where they're going with it. Which just about answers my next question was, come the end of this, do, is, do you think that sequels are going to be a thing? And is there any link or tie-in uh, to the rest of the DCEU right now? Um, so I will say 
short answer, no to both those questions. Long answer for the first question is that they don't explicitly set anything up for a sequel. They just hint at things throughout the movie. And then okay. as as well, there's no end credit scene. There's just a, oh, hey, go to this website that's like hinted at in the movie and it gives you another hint about a potential villain, but it doesn't say anything about that it will be the sequel. And right. I believe in interviews, Matt Reeves and and Robert Pattinson have all been like, yeah, this would be great to do a sequel with, but I don't think anything is set in stone. They've just kind of ended the movie where it ended. And there's a lot of theories based on that ending, what could happen, right. but they they haven't explicitly set anything up. They've just kind of like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess there's one scene where people could be like, okay, hey, they set that up, but, you know, it's it wouldn't be Batman without that. So Fair. Did you go to this website? I did, yes. And? And it... What's the, what's the teaser? What's the clue? So it's a it, code. No, it's a... <laughs> It's a vi- it's an MP3 file that you download or an MP4, yeah, because it's a video, and it is a video of Thomas Wayne's um, uh, campaign for mayor from back in the day, and gotcha. it just has the words "hush" with an exclamation mark, uh, like flash on the screen, and interesting. That- that clip was also in the movie like halfway through the movie or something like that i can't remember if hush was flashed across the screen but i'm assuming that that is what they're hinting at especially with there are some like i said there are like a few i would say four or five kind of hints to like potential villains um or avenues you could kind of explore and be like hey i could see a villain being written in that way um so yeah, there's speculation, but that's the only thing, maybe one of two things that they really like throw at your face and are like, hey, this is probably the next villain or the sequel. And as for your second question, um, with it being tied to the DCEU, um, I say no. It's very different in tone with what Zack Snyder was going for. Right. Um, even though Zack Snyder, you could argue, was a little bit darker, at least compared to Marvel. Um, I think this is a whole nother level of darkness, and I don't really see it connecting to anything that's going on with the Flash movie or Aquaman or anything like that. They don't even hint at that stuff. And I and I again, I think in interviews they've said that there's currently no plans for a crossover. At least they said that in regards to uh, Hoakin Phoenix's Joker. Gotcha. Um, before we move on back to the uh, end credit scene, I had heard that um, at, somewhere in that uh, website, there was like a, a coded message. Um, and uh, I'd seen that somewhere online today that somebody deciphered it and it read some, something along the lines of uh, you think this is the end, but we're only just getting started or something was was the message that was coded in somewhere on this website yeah um and it was like it was meant to be like a zodiac killer type puzzle from well, the looks know, of it anyway i know yeah. that uh with the riddler in this that uh, there was a lot of inspiration drawn from the zodiac killer yeah yeah there's um there's a straight up like cipher and everything 
Um, yeah, <clears throat> the way they've kindly kind of done Riddler in this movie is he's basically like a like a 4chan extremist Zodiac killer crossover like i've seen i've seen memes of uh of him being like a like a streamer like an incel streamer or something <laughs> yeah yeah that's <laughs> i didn't really get that vibe from the movie but i see where those memes are coming from um but that's essentially like what it is on paper yeah like okay yeah and uh you said that they hinted at other villains which villains did they hint at um so blatant um hints were um the joker and Obviously. yeah and uh the court of owls oh yes okay. yeah oh that's um, cool oh isn't, uh, isn't both robert pattinson and um what's his name something dano or dano whoever played the Riddler? yeah yeah they're both like huge batman fans from the sounds of it they were talking in one yeah. interview about some of the uh like their favorite um batman comics and i think it was uh the riddler's uh actor he he said the um the court of owls was his favorite um like comic arc mm-hmm. for batman yeah court of and owls they... is dope it is yeah so and, crazy and if i'm not mistaken i think there's also a batman storyline that's like year one or year two where they really go into the court of owls um thing um if i'm not mistaken and yeah there is um oh what was it yeah it so they've never specifically named court of owls or anything like that but they had dropped like heavy hints like the whole premise of the movie is that there is a conspiracy in gotham and the riddler is um involved with it and batman is trying to unravel that conspiracy and that's kind of where you could see it go into the court of owls because there's much more to the gotham's elite than you think there is and that's kind of where i'll i'll leave it right but yeah okay. it's, it's just it's not a stretch of the imagination to be like okay they could definitely go into court of owls maybe as like the the big movie of a trilogy or something like that like they might not do it the second movie but maybe the third yeah okay well i mean like you you gotta have the joker in at some point because he is batman's main nemesis right yeah um that's crazy that the court of owls was kind of hinted at that that makes me ever so joyful court of owls is a fucking wicked arc like it is just there's so much that goes on with that yeah and um um, and oh it's exciting and i guess they did like i didn't this this is caught more through like an Easter egg with a person's name in the movie, but they, I guess there was a second hush um, reference in the movie, so I mean that could also be um, a potential sequel. And you know, with that going to the website after the movie and and answering the the three words that are said at different points in the movie, then you end up getting that hint, that video that says hush in it. Do you do you know what the hush means? Uh, no, I know I've read it. It's only like a ten comic arc or something like that, like one of the the hush arcs. But I, I it's been a while, so I don't really. Oh, because I don't, I don't know Jack Hall about that. That's oh, you don't know anything either. about the character Hush, right? So, um, so back when Bruce Wayne was a kid, he had a best friend named like Thomas Elliot or something like that. I can't remember. Correct. And. And this best friend 
um i think ended up feeling like really shunned because like his he 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 stopped being part of the elite of gotham or something because his family either his parents died or yeah hush ended up like envying bruce wayne's life so much that he ends up like getting plastic surgery to look exactly like him and he just don't show um does a bunch of bruce wayne shit to like mess with his life right so i'm looking at the uh the the wiki here uh, the 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 fandom wiki hush is dr thomas elliot so he's a doctor uh a surgeon actually who tried to kill his own parents so he could inherit their fortune apparently thomas wayne was also a surgeon yeah, in in this in this movie, uh, Th- Thomas Wayne is Doctor Doctor Thomas Wayne or whatever they refer to him as. Mm. Yeah, so apparently, from what I'm reading here, Elliot tried to kill his parents to inherit their fortune, but it failed partly due to Thomas Wayne and his incredible surgery skills. Um, I guess saved both of them, or one of them, or. It's not saying who, but just that he saved the, the he saved them. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, honestly, and then he goes on to be an incredibly skilled surgeon, and then becomes yeah, um, right as like so as one big elaborate revenge scheme against Bruce and the or the Wayne family, he becomes this villain. Hush, this is crazy. Yeah, um yeah, one of the vibes that I do get with um this take on Batman going forward is I believe they're going to heavily involve the conspiracy with the Wayne family in the Court of Owls or something in in future sequels. I think that's that's going to be the the core theme of all these Batman movies going forward. That's right. just the way that I've like they've strongly set it up with this Riddler stuff. So I don't see it going any other direction with that. And I like that because I feel like that's part of the the Gotham that, you know, they've kind of showed in previous um, movies. Right. They haven't really delved deep into the whole intricate nature of Gotham's underworld. That's pretty crazy. That's that's awesome. This this now has me very much excited for. Uh, at at the very least, Batman going forward. I can't speak for the rest of the DCEU, but... Um... Honestly, this makes me even more worried about the rest of the DCEU. <laughs> like, yeah, just it... to me, the, the fact that they, they seemingly, based on um, what I've been hearing and what uh, Ollie's been saying, they, they seem to get the character so right in this movie. And even just taking it and putting him into a crossover movie seems like they would have such a a contrast in tone where they couldn't possibly get this character to to appear the same as he does in a standalone movie like this. Yeah. Right. Okay. that's part of what I was touching on when I was cutting out really badly earlier on um, is that I don't see them crossing over because of like the tone of it. And I it seems like a totally different universe um but the way that i 
I would want to see them do that in the future is honestly just center everything around Batman. Batman is the main character. Everything, everyone else is an addition, just kind of like Catwoman was in this movie. I okay. I think I think Robert Pattinson's Batman could really just. And that's the thing that's that's true in a lot of what we see in the Justice League is like Batman is like the core of the group, right? He's the one that has all the technical know-how and he grounds the group as well because he's one of the only like not super-powered people there. Yep, he's not a metahuman. Yeah, so honestly, going forward, if they wanted to do Justice League with this character, just have it Batman 4 Justice League. Like, don't make a separate Justice League movie with this. Just make 10 Batman movies and have, you know, Robin show up in one, you know, and Flash in another or something like that. Like, Okay. I, 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 yeah, that was what I was feeling the whole time I was watching that movie, because I was like, I'm in it for Batman now that I think about it, and I think a lot of people are too. So the same way they're doing, you know, Spider-Man with Tom Holland, where, you know, he's going to have like six movies and they're probably going to throw a lot of different um, Marvel characters like they did with Doctor Strange in it. Just do that in the future with Batman and just have all of them cross over to Batman, but him have the only like movies. And I think that's going to draw a lot of people back to DC. Interesting. Well, the thing with that though is you said uh, you said earlier that this was technically like his second year as Batman. This is where the story takes place. Yep, this is. Um, there was a shot when he's in the Batcave where he's like filling out a journal and he he covers the he closes the book and it says year two of like Gotham experiment or whatever. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So in his second year, then the, I mean, like he's he's still very much young in that. So like, oh yeah, not that I am. Yeah, that's that's the thing that that you really see in the movie. But at the same time, he's not like a blubbering idiot. He's very serious. He takes he takes himself very serious. Like one thing I was impressed with the movie is his whole no guns mantra, the way they did it in the movie. And he like wholeheartedly believes that. And I didn't really feel like Christian Bale's Batman really touched on the whole no guns thing a whole lot. It was mostly just the no killing. Yeah. So. And then Ben yeah. Affleck just threw all of that out the window and killed everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's um no, uh, but what I was getting at was because this Batman, I mean, they could frame this as a precursor if we were to take your idea, let's say, and frame the rest of the DCEU around Matt Reeves' universe uh, mm-hmm. with Pattinson or Battinson as I've heard people call it. Yeah. Um he's still like he's still portrayed as quite young whereas when when Batman starts to meet like Superman and all them, he's he's like not middle aged, but like well well aged at that point, as far yeah. as I know in the comics. I mean, so like, yeah, but at the same time though, like it was the same thing with Flash in in Justice League. He was a lot younger as Ezra Miller's uh, Flash than he than should have been Barry at that Allen. point. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like presumably he has he hasn't even run into Reverse Flash at that point. Right. Yeah. They really they don't give us a whole lot about the character, but it seems like he's brand new to most of this. Um 
aside from like having his own suit and everything like it didn't yeah. seem like he'd actually had any confrontation with any metas uh since uh getting his power okay that's the thing though is like i don't know they left it really open like that like we don't know if the riddler was his first like big catch no no I, i'm talking about uh i'm talking about um ezra miller's flash like yeah, he, he thought... hadn't encountered it. He hadn't encountered any. Like he hadn't been in a fight until Justice League happened. And he says that in the line where, uh, in a, a line where they're like under the ground where they first uh, all fight Steppenwolf right. as okay. a girl. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But like he still had all the shit. He just had never actually like used it really yeah. before from this from the the way that they portrayed that scene anyway and i mean he has that privilege he's he's a metahuman like he can take a beating and go it like into things like willy-nilly kind of thing whereas like bruce wayne as batman he had to have a lot of training for that right I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I definitely agree. He he would have been older by the time a Justice League type of thing would have happened based right. on like comics and all that. But um, they could just retcon the whole thing and redo it and just as much as it pains me to say it, recast everybody yet again uh, and do like a Young Justice spin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's Hollywood. You can do whatever you want with the source material, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, I wouldn't be disappointed if they never touched on any other DC um, heroes in in this Robert Pattinson Batman um, universe. Like, if all it was was Batman and then Batman-focused villains, kind of like, you know, how Spider-Man was with Sony, right. I but they're doing it like way better than that. I wouldn't be disappointed if they never did justice league or anything like oh, that. Just, just keep it as a strictly Batman franchise. Yeah. I would not be disappointed. Like, I think it has legs to stand on. Well, I think, I think the thing is, is we've all now gotten used to, um, movies where they bring people together. And I guess that's kind of the expectation, um, that I don't even think anymore about having standalone feature sets. Well, I'm more coming from the side of like, like as a filmmaker, especially in a franchise like this one, you're looking at longevity uh, for a lot of these things. And regarding uh, superhero movies in general, that longevity is going to come from uh, a lot of crossovers and uh, name drops in other IPs and stuff like that. And just to kind of continue to bring that name with them as they go and not that i think it's a bad thing if this is just like another standalone trilogy like the dark knight trilogy was i just think that it, it would be a, a kind of a weird time in the superhero movie climate for them to just do uh, a trilogy that has nothing to do with the rest of the projects we already know are happening like if that makes any sense no that's fair like, not that I feel like they they necessarily should have uh, this instance of Batman be the one that they carry on with in crossover movies, but it, it just seems like it just seems like weird timing for for us to now know that we're not getting Ben Affleck anymore and we're not getting 
uh, Henry Cavill anymore and all the other characters, but we know that Flashpoint is happening and we know that Jason Momoa is still going to be Aquaman. And it's just, it's weird how all of these things are interacting with each other being within the same, uh, like DC umbrella. Right, right, right. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward though. Um, yeah. I mean, I get, I get, I get both sides of, of the coin from where both of you are coming from. Um, I would respect if they just made Batman movies. Um, but I also would love to see, uh, uh, other stuff bleed in. Like I would love to see, uh, a new, a new lease on the flash or a new lease on Superman or a new lease on, um, maybe, maybe not even like the big ones that are going on right now. Like maybe some obscure characters, you know, Beetle. characters that we don't like, right. Blue Beetle. Yeah. Cause um, that's, that's in the works and you know, like that's a character that I don't think anyone is really familiar with. Right. And like, what if Batman did a weird crossover with the, uh, Oh, what are they called? They featured on Titans and then have a spinoff show of their own. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, those, those motherfuckers, they're, <laughs> those guys are super obscure. Um, well, I mean, I mean, that wouldn't, I, I, that wouldn't be too far-fetched, because, like, I mean, Beast Boy was in Doom Patrol, like, part of the squad or whatever, and, you know, Beast Boy's part of Teen Titans, which Robin is a part of, so. Right. Interesting. I'm excited to see the future of DC movies. And maybe, hopefully, this could help set a, a new standard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I guess last thing I want to say about this movie is, like, I I don't know if any other superhero movie coming out in the next year is really going to impress me the way this one did. Like, I feel like this one set a really high Ooh, bar. Even, even MCU? Even MCU. Like, I think I was talking about this earlier, is, like, I went into this with zero hype. And I felt like I came out of it with way more excitement about the movie than I did Avengers Endgame. Oh, man. But, like, we got Multiverse of Madness coming up, and we know that's going to be a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. True. I, again, yeah, I have zero expectations going into movies. So we'll, we'll see, because I, no, really I really don't like to do my research before. I'm just going to go in and watch it and see what happens. No, that's fair. I mean, like, has, has the MCU ever really let us down if... We remove Black Widow, Black Widow <laughs> Captain Marvel. Um, trying to think of another one, <laughs> another weak film. We'll we'll take those out of the mix. But apart from those, have they ever let us down? I don't think so. Some people really don't like Thor: The Dark World, and I actually really love that movie. Yeah, I don't that's know right. why people hate that movie so much. Okay, but- Here's the thing is like I was I was talking to some coworkers even today is like I this with Marvel um they're kind of playing it really safe. Like they're sticking to a recipe and it's working for them. But I think that was one of the things I really liked about Eternals that I don't think a lot of people liked about Eternals was that it was very different from other Marvel movies. So as long as, you know, multiverse of of madness can really continue what Shang-Chi and Eternals did for me. Like I, you know, I feel like I would like that a lot and I really want Marvel to be more experimental with their movies. Well, they definitely, they they definitely experimented with Shang-Chi and the Eternals. And I think for me, it definitely worked 
Yeah. Um, definitely left me with more questions than answers, but I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point, right? Like we, there's now a, a, a fucking dead celestial hanging out of our planet that nobody has made mention of. Yeah, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's right. Like even even in in No Way Home, there like the, not once is it mentioned that like, and then that's the thing. Like where where does that even take place? Does No Way Home happen before the Celestial or after the Celestial? And if it was after the Celestial, why didn't anybody say anything about it? It's not like it was a a fucking secret. There's literally a giant body hanging out of the fucking earth again yeah. yeah again this is where this is where i'm going to throw my theory into the ring and say that these are all different universes and that we don't know the timeline anymore on purpose because because we don't know what is happening on earth 616 or whatever the main earth is right you know what uh nathan hit me with a fucking crazy uh theory just the other day and it's it's one that has been circulating on the internet for some time um that paints thanos in a different light and that what he was doing with 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 the snap and taking the having the entire fucking existence was to keep the celestials from getting out and to keep the celestials from destroying all life on all planets. I mean, that's a good theory because he is half deviant himself, right? And that, and that is just it because we meet his brother at the end of Eternals. That's Eros, and Eros is more human-esque looking, whereas Thanos is, well, grimace looking, <laughs> grimace looking, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, as soon as he said that, we we kind of got into it, the conversation, and it just like exploded this spark in the back of my mind. I'm going, oh fuck. Why else bring Thanos' brother into the mix if this isn't all going to tie in that way? And, like, to be able to have something so meta from the first, first three phases of Marvel actually tip off what's happening in the next three or four phases, like, that's insane. That The possibility that Thanos was trying to stop the Celestials from being assholes. So, More like, you think that he's, like, this This theory is based on, like, his world being destroyed right. by a celestial? And the thing is, is they don't really talk about how Titan got destroyed. He just talked about how, you know, resources ran out and blah, blah, blah. But they don't really get into the nitty-gritty of what may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. And what if Titan was destroyed by the awakening of a celestial? And it's because... The Celestials need a planet to progress so far. They, need, they, they feed off the life energy of what's going on on the planet in order to awaken. What if what he was doing was slowing that process down, but was doing it in a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, fanatical way? Okay, mm-hmm. but counter, counter theory, Hit me. Why, couldn't, why couldn't he just have willed the Celestials out of existence with the stones? he's a fanatic and maybe I guess, but if that maybe... was his but if that was his main goal i'm not saying that like maybe he like that wasn't part of it but you know like i i, I still feel like his main motivation was exactly what it was in endgame because if they end up revealing that he had a different motivation later on i feel like that would really take away from the whole you know avengers infinity wars and, and endgame 
Kind of, um, but you do realize that he is known as the Mad Titan. Not mad yeah. as an angry, mad as an oh, you know, like yeah, okay. <laughs> they do refer to him as that, but I really didn't get that vibe from him. I got a very cold and calculated, like he had a plan and wanted to enact it out, as dubious as it was. I didn't really get that he was mentally unstable. No, but maybe not mentally unstable in the sense that we view mentally unstable, but he did legit call half half of civilizations on on, on yeah. planets until he got the stones right well it kind of depends on what storyline you look at like the the main story arc that's uh that the culmination of the first three phases of marvel uh led into were um they were based very closely on a storyline where he <laughs> is attempting to rid the universe of half its life to gain death's favor uh, because he was in love with death. Right. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really bring that into focus. They didn't even discuss death. No, no, they didn't. Miss Lady Death. Yeah, um, that's true. So um, but and, who, and, who knows? It's just a theory, right? Yeah. Because... <laughs> okay, and and um, is there anything that says that he couldn't have done more than one thing with a snap of his finger at once? Well, no, but it does take a whole lot of energy. I think it was. I think it was more what the gauntlet was capable of withstanding. Because like after the after the first snap, the gauntlet broke, and it was unusable at that point. Yeah, but the stones were still destroyed after two uses. Well, no, he then took the stones and destroyed them with the other stones. They were they oh, weren't destroyed because right. of the use. They were they were still very much capable of being used again, and yeah. like as many times as you wanted, you could do that and just continue to like half life in existence. But it yeah. was it was because the gauntlet wasn't able to withstand more than one snap. Hence, why his arm was all fucked when they went to confront him on the uh, garden planet or farm planet or whatever it was. Right. But then, like, but then in what if when we saw Ultron with all the stones, he had a lot more capability because he was wielding them with like an adamantium skeleton and all of that, right? So he, it, it's it's based on the the wielder, I think. Okay, yeah, I guess I could see that. Crazy, just crazy shit. Like, can you just imagine for one second that? Thanos was is not even wasn't even really the big bad at all, and he was trying to do the universe a favor, albeit through a very skewed lens. But like the the very thought that that's actually setting up this next set of phases, yeah, it's crazy. It's just it's just crazy to me that that could that could possibly be a point of origin. And even then, like their motivations aren't all that different, like for even if we're not looking at it through the lens of this theory thanos's motivation is more to continue uh the universe and have it prosper in the same way that that's what the celestials believe they're doing um but in order to do that they believe they need to continue with this hierarchy of power right so, so who knows who Fuck celestials knows yeah, they're kind of assholes <laughs> and on the grand scale. Um, but like I said, that's just that's just a theory. That's one simple theory, and it makes me wonder. Yeah, 
where, where they're they're going with this and i to be brutally fucking honest i don't think multiverse of madness is going to make it any more clear i think it's going <laughs> to jumble up everything they got going on already and then put that through a a, <laughs> a blurred filter lens and then split it a thousand times Maybe. and then put that back through the lens and split it a thousand times and then be like okay go make sense of it i just heard <laughs> i did just hear that um uh what's her face that plays wanda just got another like seven movie deal or something like that not surprised yeah elizabeth olsen elizabeth olsen and now there's like theories that house of m is going to be what they're leading up to but i mean this this happens whenever there's somebody signing on and and whatnot but yeah i I can't wait for her to get her own standalone movie or like even with other characters but just her as the lead i can't wait for that movie man Oh, it'll probably happen. It's got to happen. I mean, if she's being signed on for seven more, like there's no way that it's we're not going to at least get one movie about maybe her and Vision uh, coming back together or something. That's another thing. Where the fuck is Vision in all of this? We don't even know what's going on with him right now. Since Since Vision and the Vision merged, sort of merged consciousness. Before the erasing you, of Westview, like I guarantee you, we'll at least know something about it with Multiverse of Madness. Like we can't not have Wanda be a main character and not have that brought up. Yeah, I agree. Well, there, there are parts of the discussion when when uh, Strange and Wanda are walking through that what looks like an orchard, yeah. and he asks her what she knows about the multiverse, and she straight up says Viz had his theories. Now, are we going to get Viz or? Or we still like three movies in a in a fucking season of something out before he makes his way back. <laughs> I mean, no, Fuck because man. if if Ant Man and you know in what was it the yeah Ant Man and the Wasp they had um when he was in the quantum realm saving um what's her face um there was in <laughs> in the background there was a city. Do you guys? Yeah, no, no, I remember we that. Spoke about that. Yeah, we spoke we, about that. On the nobody episode. knows. We what talked that... about it for uh, Loki as like theories, yeah. but we did talk about it briefly. Right. Yeah. As the possibility of, of that being the TVA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or one of the theories is that that's like the microverse, which is part of the multiverse. So, I don't know. I feel like by Ant Man, we'll we'll know. I can I agree think with so. that. And Ant Man is slotted for when? How many movies away is Ant Man? Um, sure after actually. Thor, I think. I, I think that's 2025 that oh, Ant Man is. Fuck me. It's still goddamn far away. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But okay. I mean, we have already seen the multiverse at play as early as the first Doctor Strange movie because that, well, that's where. Um, I'm forgetting names today. Um, what's his face? The. Mormammu. Ormamu, yeah, isn't he from like this other realm or whatever? Where he's he from the is. dark dimension. Yeah. Now here's another theory. And I don't know, I can't remember if it was us that were discussing it, or again, if it was Nathan and I, or Mac and I, or combination thereof throughout a course of several days, but um we're wondering if the multiverse itself. So we know in Multiverse of Madness, there's this, this focus on how the multiverse is, is in ruins and it is, is in desecration. 
but the origin of that what caused it i know we tried to we theorized some shit either yeah. last episode or we or an episode before of what could have caused the split what if it isn't anything that just happened recently what if it isn't uh strangest spell in no way home coupled with the unraveling of the sacred timeline and loki coupled with um the energy put out uh, from Celestials coupled with the energy put out by Wanda. What if this started to shatter the moment Strange fucked with time, created that time loop in the Dark Realm uh, when he was facing off against Dormammu? What if that is the single point in time where shit went askew? I thought you were going a different direction with that. but What direction yeah. did you think I was going in? I thought you were going to say that what if this has nothing to do with any of the marvel universe that we know and that they're going to introduce something from in, in the that's happening in a different universe that is affecting the multiverse and that you know because yeah like what's to say that this this universe is the one that influences all the other ones and not something happening in a different one that's going to influence this universe so also if they're a good do, point yeah, if they're going to do a multiverse one, why not introduce a villain? Like, maybe the actual Kang that's going to be the villain is going to be one from a different universe and not the one that we know, you know? Also a fair point. Um, but yeah, but the, like I said, what, what if this is, this is where that fracture point started, was the moment he fucked with the Time Stone created that time loop because he he's warned throughout the entire fucking movie by both Wong and Mordo. Yeah. That when you mess with time, like there are serious repercussions and he messed with time. He created that time loop, that infinite loop. Uh, and that alone could have caused a fracture. And maybe that is what started the crack in the multiverse from that point, that origin there. And because it happened in the, what, what we call it? The dark, Dark Realm or whatever realm that yeah. is. What if, because that's so far away, disjointed and disconnected from everything we know, it took so much time to shatter from there into our realm. Yeah, good, good possibility. I think, I think we brought that up in a previous episode that like, what if what triggered it is not something that we think happened recently and, and was something that happened in a previous movie, but yeah, that's right. A but good I don't, point. I don't think, I don't remember where we went with that, but it definitely wasn't this, yeah. this moment. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. No, no, that, I, I don't think we even thought of that. So yeah, I think that's definitely a good possibility. Ryan, your thoughts. I mean, like a part of me could see it. If for example, uh, we'll say that the dark dimension is tied to, um, like the the soul eater dragon from shang chi or something like that and then when that sure. broke out that was like it wasn't the it wasn't the event that started it but it was the reason that everything went to shambles but because of the interference with the dark dimension with the time stone it accelerated the soul eaters like vendetta and okay um, that's why it then all of a sudden decided to speak out to shang chi's father if like if it was like a, say a chain of events like that that led to towards um the multiverse um uh opening and like breaking up then i would see that it could definitely be from our universe but i'm almost leaning more towards the side of 
it's going to be the universe that Doctor Strange is brought to in Multiverse of Madness. And I'm basing that solely off of the single line we get from uh, Sir Patrick Stewart saying, should we tell him the truth? Damn. Hmm. And we're not going to know this fucking truth until, is it May? Yep. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Here I was complaining about possible movies in 2025 with Ant-Man, and May well, is even even worse. It's closer. <laughs> well, hang on. We're getting, we're getting Morbius on, like, April 5th or something like that. Gives a fuck. <laughs> that movie's yeah. going to flop. I know it. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody listening knows it. it. I'm not going to go and I'm see it. Gonna, I'm still going to go like, see it. I'm still really? going to go see it. You should come with me. I'm still I'm still going to go watch it. It's a Marvel movie. I haven't not seen a Marvel movie in theaters. Uh with the exception of I don't think I saw um, Iron Man 2 in theaters. I think I saw that. Whoa, home. how dare you. Look, it was a long time ago. I used to be poor and couldn't afford to go to the movies, so I had to wait for things to come out and rent them, <laughs> or wait for other friends to go buy them. <laughs> yeah, all, all I'm thinking is this is like the third time Jared Leto's tried to be in a in a Marvel or DC properties thing. Just not happening for him. Well, you know what they say, third time is the charm. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> this This could... No, I, I want to say this could be 50-50, but everything can be fucking 50-50. Uh, yes, this is either going to be a good movie or it's going to flop. But deep down inside my subcockle area, I know this movie's going to flop. This movie's going to bomb hard. One, it was supposed to release like three fucking years ago. Two, I said like three fucking years ago. I don't remember what its actual release date was, but it got pushed due to COVID restraints. Yeah. Um, fuck you, COVID. Uh, <laughs> um, and now, like, it's been so long since its release, I don't think it's going to have the same impact it would have had if it had released at its natural time of release. Uh, and but, but, I mean, like, who knows? Like, we don't know anything about it other than it's, it's Michael Morbius's fucking origin story, which might, hopefully, if we're lucky tie into Blade and might tie into the Black Knight uh, and might open things up on, on our end. But I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think this is going to be anything great. I think this is going to be a weird filler movie, sort of akin to Venom. Like Venom, let's, we can be honest, Venom's not great. It's entertaining, but it's not great. And, Agreed. and well, I don't okay. think... But that's that's my counterpoint to you is that you even said it yourself. You have not not seen a Marvel movie in theaters. I think everyone's going to jump on that bandwagon, just like they did it with Venom. I think it's not going to flop. I think it's going to do quite well. Just to spite me, you no. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just just trends trends tell me otherwise. If if fucking Black Widow should have flopped, then. And it didn't. It was actually it won like movie of the year or something by some award category, which was bullshit. Then I think Morbius is nowhere close to flopping. Well, I mean, just because it does well on its opening weekend doesn't mean it's not a flop. A flop just means that the movie itself was just 
not great. Black Widow was not great. Yeah, I, I suppose. It was yeah. passable. And in all honesty, it, it won't if they be didn't, a... yeah, if they it, didn't it... have David Harbour or uh, um, Florence Pugh, that movie wouldn't have fucking gone anywhere. Or okay, Rachel what's... Wise, because Rachel Wise is awesome too. Was Florence Pugh popular for anything aside from Midsummer before that movie came out? Bro. Yeah, she's been in all kinds of shit. Give me two seconds. Okay. I just discovered this the other day because I, I looked her up on IMDb's. I'm like, <laughs> I so know you're growing me, even though you were in my shoes a few <laughs> days ago. You shut the like... fuck up. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. No. No. It's I... things I didn't. I didn't realize she was in that oh, okay. I've seen her in before. Florence. Yeah. Pugh. Because aside from aside from Black Widow, I didn't even realize she was the person in Midsummer. So. Uh, let's go back. Paradise Lost now. No, nobody knows what that is. But like, should we start placing bets fighting, about... Fighting with my family was a big one. Oh, that was her? That was her, with black hair. Interesting. Um, then, yes, Midsummer. she was in Little Women. That was the other one. My wife Don't was watching that, that the... Whatever. It was based on a book. Um... Wife was watching that movie the other day, and I look over, and I was like, "Is that?" She's like, "Yep." Yeah. I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah. I didn't know she was in this. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Black Widow, and of course, Hawkeye, and then a slew of other movies that don't tie in anywhere. But yeah, no, she's been in stuff. Florence Pugh, she's got a, a reputable pantheon of movies that are not just Midsummer. Okay. Because okay. But what I was saying earlier was, are we going to take bets when her character is going to drop her accent in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how many times? Like, N Natasha, I don't think, ever really had an accent, did she? No, it only comes out when she's actually speaking Russian. Yeah, and then um, Wanda, she had an Whoa, accent. Up and like, down, up and down, like, up and down. Yeah. yeah. There were, like, two movies where she had completely different accents, and then she just dropped it entirely. Well, but they did. They did nod to that in WandaVision, with uh, with her brother there, Quicksilver. Oh yeah, that's right. Dude, yeah, but that was more <laughs> that was more of a tongue in cheek kind of thing. I don't well, think I know, but was... they still they still drew attention to it. Yeah, true. Um, and it is it is very true. And I find when it comes to Wanda, when she's just being her normal self, her accent's light. It's when she starts to get super emotional. Um it gets heavier and heavier. And I don't know if that's intended that way or, or, or not. I mean, it could be like, I, I would say that's not an uncommon thing, especially for people that are um, like learning a second language and stuff is uh, when they're mad, they'll transition a lot easier back into their original language. Right. Uh, take uh, star Wars rebels. For example, Hera. Mm, yep, that's a good one. Miss Syndulla. Now, totally know what you're talking about. That's okay, Ollie. Don't worry about it. Other, <laughs> our listeners do. And Ryan and I know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, whenever it's just Hera and the crew, she's got the one voice. And then whenever her parents or family are in the mix, she starts to slip into that kind of French Twi'lek accent. Mm hmm. Um, and like it caught me off guard because I remember when she was talking to her mother in that one episode, she went from Hera to all of a sudden this French almost debutante kind of uh, kind of accent. And I was like, whoa, 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 
Where did that come yeah. from? This entire this <laughs> entire series, you've been one way, and then now all of a sudden, you're around fam, and it's it's changed. But I but I get it, and I'm wondering is that the approach they're taking with Wanda? I mean, it's it's possible, but I mean, you, you you're you're not wrong, Ollie. She's had like three different accents in the string of six different movies <laughs> in a television mm-hmm. series. So <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, but whether or not. Yelena Belova is going to drop her accent? No, I think she is because she grew up mostly in Russia and uh, after the events of being relocated back to to Russia, I'm I'm going to just go with she's going to be Russian from now until the end of her term. But wasn't that true with Natasha? She only got out when she was already a full-fledged like Black Widow and defected to Shield. That is also a good point, Ollie. I'm full um, of them. But I think maybe. I mean, uh, to me, like for the for the widows, it doesn't matter. Like the accent doesn't matter, because they're probably capable of pulling off any accent with any language. Fair enough. Like I would imagine that's that's very much a part of their espionage training. There's no way it couldn't be, especially if they're Russian spies mm. with the intention of at the time infiltrating the U.S. government during like the Soviet era. Well, here's the thing. If they can come up with all these different, like, chemicals that can brainwash people, or, like, I guess they were nanobots in Black Widow, because how else can you control, like, what they see and hear as well with what it was that they were infected with, um, then I'm sure you can come up with some way where their accent just magically changes and they just think that they're American again or whatever. Oh, and I guess there was... Yeah. (laughs) They did grow up in, like... What was it like New Jersey at the beginning of Black Widow where they were or Massachusetts something like, something that. like that? But yeah, so I, the, I guess they could have learned it then. Well, right, and that's the thing. I think Natasha had spent so much time in that setting that it just kind of rubbed off on her and stuck with her. Yeah, I mean, she was older during then. I feel like that's exactly what they were going for. That she really felt like when they were in America, they were they were home. Right. Also, like, I don't want Florence Pugh to lose the accent. It's hot. Honest- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say more like, I think when she has those little quips in Hawkeye where she was like, I'm disappointed in you to, um, what's her face? Um, Kate? Yeah, Kate. Like, I'm disappointed <laughs> in you, Kate. I feel like the, just the, the accent makes Kate, that like... Kate Bishop. Like, she always yeah. called her Kate Bishop. Not, not, not Kate. Not Katie. No nicknames. Just all the time, Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Yeah, I feel like the language. accent, the accent, really balances her tough as nails characters and makes her like a comedic um, character. No, I can, I can, I get that. I, I definitely back that. And I, like I said, I really hope they don't cut her accent because. It definitely fits her character and, and definitely lends itself to the, the comedy and, and lightheartedness well, who, of her personality who, from time to time. Who knows? They're going through pretty crazy lengths right now all over the world to boycott Russian things. So, <laughs> yeah. we, <laughs> we are not boycotting Yelena Belova. She's going to be a superhero. She's kind of an anti-hero right now, but she's going to be a superhero. We're going to see I, it. I just really hope they don't just go like she's Black Widow 2.0 or like Kate but she Bishop is. is Hawkeye 2.0. But she like, is. 
<laughs> or like Anthony Mackie's Captain America's Captain America 2.0. <laughs> but he is. <laughs> Give me another. I'll slug it right back. <laughs> you know, bring bring the original characters, please. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's funny. Nathan and I were <laughs> chit chatting at work the other day, and we were talking about uh, celebrity deaths um, that actually kind of like phased us a little bit. Robin Williams was one of them. And then I said, I'm like, oddly enough, even though I didn't follow a whole lot of his work, Chadwick Boseman hit me pretty hard. Um, and I think it's, it, it had a lot to do like, with his story that he was hiding the cancer from everybody and nobody knew that he had had it. Uh, and then I went on to say, <laughs> say that it's also sad because there's not a lot of representation with our heroes right now. Like I said, there's not a lot of people of color. And I'm like, except for, and I went, instead of going the obvious answer, which is Sim as new <laughs> Captain America, I went Rhodey. Oh. <laughs> and then like almost left it there. And Nathan's sitting there like with this look on his face, waiting for me to get there, waiting for the cog to turn. <laughs> and I didn't get there. And then he goes, um, Captain America. And I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? How did I not put that together? I'm still so attached to the fact that Sam is Falcon that I didn't even piece it together that yet yeah, no, we've we've Captain America, he is the face of America and he is a person of color. And I didn't even didn't even fucking connect it. Damn. What is wrong with Shame me? Oh my god. Rody. I said Rody. He just gave me this screwed up look on his face like Rody, really? Like that's who you're picking? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Um <laughs> We have definitely discussed this at length i do before we 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 close out the evening i do want to touch on uh the raid um yes. uh, for for destiny 2 so brian the floor is yours sir what are what are your what are your thoughts well um in terms of actual day ones uh this was my third go around of uh of attempts uh every time has more or less ended the same where we uh <laughs> get stuck at the final boss um this time was unfortunately no exception uh we were about 18 hours deep into our run before we gave up um and honestly like even though we uh we didn't end up beating it it was fucking awesome i i love the the world's first race uh attempts and just like the the 24 hour span is fucking incredible it's such a good time for the community yeah okay, um, and Do especially we, uh, with this raid being as hyped up as it was, it was nice to finally be able to get into it. Right. Do we do we know who uh who got the worlds first? Um it was a uh I think it was a Spanish team. Nice. Not yeah. like the guys who've been doing it for the last couple of years? No, actually. No, they I don't know where they placed, uh, but they did not get first. I know second place went to uh Datto. Anybody that knows anything about Destiny knows who Datto is. Of course they um, do. Uh they got second place by three minutes. Oh. Well, I mean, three minutes is that's that's okay. At least it wasn't like three seconds. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but it was uh, a challenging raid for sure, especially learning all the encounters. Um, as it's not anything that we've seen previously. Like they're not mechanics that you can be like, oh, I remember this from this mission. It, it is nothing like that. Really? At they all. didn't share any of the mechanics from the campaign? Nope, not really. The Damn. closest the closest mechanic to this raid is probably the way that you run the legit Riven uh, boss fight at the final encounter of the last Wish raid. Gotcha. Um, it's a lot closer to, to that, but it sort of strings out through the entire raid. And uh, the first encounter of like entering super easy we got it first try it like we we barely had to take any time to understand what was happening getting into the raid was quite simple it maybe took us 10 minutes we all got error coded and kicked out to orbit so we had to redo <laughs> it um but <laughs> but yeah second time not even an issue there's actually a secret chest in that first part as well which is pretty cool nice. uh you have to interact with like some lamps uh in order to activate it i love um, lamp yep very nice uh second <laughs> encounter was oh my god it was fucking difficult the first time you actually see the uh the main mechanic of the raid and it is from when you enter the room it just looks like a bunch of symbols in a big ass triangular room uh there right. are even more symbols on doors all around the room a bunch Shit. of the symbols are not the same and they don't match up. So you have to find which ones are like not not real and fake, but which ones are actually meaningful and which ones aren't at a given time. Right. Um, Was that where, and, where I stepped in on? Uh... No, you you hopped in at third encounter. Oh, damn. OK, at least you're you were pretty far then. Yeah, so this this first encounter probably took us about four hours to figure out and then complete. Once we figured it out, it was actually pretty simple, um, and we could generally run it pretty quick. Our phases in between were um, like super straightforward, as we knew what we were doing by that point. Right. Um, and it should be relatively easy to explain. It's just a, a lot of running around. It's a lot of chaos, it seems like, until you... Um, start to learn what symbols are what and where you're supposed to go. Uh, after you beat that, you get uh, the first boss, which is another fucking incredible encounter. So well done. Um, and that boss is tough. He's called the Caretaker. And this this encounter alone stopped us for about five hours. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> because oh, it is... Uh, is this raid? <laughs> uh, it's four or five encounters total including the opening part um but the opening part doesn't really give you loot it just kind of gives you access to the rest of the raid right um but keeping in mind like the day one race is uh they they over level the raid so it's 20 levels above you no matter what level you are going in right um and everybody is more or less on the same playing field for day one. And that's like the that's that's the reason why day ones are, are a thing in the Destiny community uh, right now, as right. well as like unique emblems that you get for completing it within 24 hours. Um, so anyway, second encounter was a lot to do with the symbols again, but you have this gigantic boss that roams around. And if he makes it to the totem uh, that you're using for the symbols, he'll wipe the entire team. And it takes ab about 20 seconds to get from his spawn to the totem. So okay. 
Yeah, you gotta run a lot of symbols really quickly as you need a total of nine of them to start DPS phasing. Jesus. Um, and by uh, while your team is running totems, you also have to have somebody that's sitting on top of the boss, basically getting his aggro. Right. Uh, and then you can perform a stun mechanic on him, which puts him down for like five seconds and gives you a little more time to to run your symbols. Um, and once you run all nine symbols, you get a DPS phase, uh, but it only lasts to intervals of his health bar. So you can absolutely light this boss up, but no matter what, you're doing a second and a third phase. Okay. And I really liked that. I thought it, it made the encounter a lot more fun, but it definitely brought a, a really heavy challenge aspect um, because we were 20 levels lower. Our damage output was uh, not what we were used to. So that was more the challenge of the encounter was just making sure that every shot we took had to have meaning, especially when it came to damaging the boss. Uh, it won't be so much of an issue now as we're going to be at level or above level for the encounter, but for day one, it was a menace for sure. Oh, that um, sounds crazy. It, it was. It was fucking awesome. But third encounter, I think, is probably one of the ones that I like the most just because it was pure chaos the entire time. It this is looked where you like it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm literally, I come <laughs> in, I'm, I'm watching, I watched you for like a good, I was in there for like at least four or five minutes. Um, and then I, uh, I forget what I typed in the chat, but when I was shortly after I typed what I typed, I'm watching you and I'm listening to everybody talk and I'm going, oh, there's no way he's going to see this message anytime soon. And it just looked like pure fucking chaos. At this <laughs> point, you had had the relic and you moved around a corner into an area where there was a fucking army of, yeah. uh, of, um, <laughs> I was about to say fallen. That's not the scorn scorn. Mm -hmm. And like you jumped up in the air and you crashed down and killed like 50 of them or whatever. There, there wasn't that many, but like you just, just, I just see these swarms and you're like, yeah, I just got to clear this out. And you're like beating them all off with the fucking, with the relic. And then you did a drop down attack. And then after that, I don't remember what you were doing, but I was like this, I can't wrap my head around this. Like I have zero <laughs> context for what is going on. I'm seeing, uh, uh, what looks like banners with fucking symbols and stuff on them. And you're calling out <laughs> mountain and flower and something else. And I'm like, what is going on? But the, from what I saw in terms of the setting was incredible. Like that yeah. place looks awesome. Is the rest of the raid kind of like that too? Oh, the rest of the raid is even better. Oh, I, I haven't gotten into any of the architecture of it yet, but as soon Ooh. as you enter the raid, the first thing you see is a gigantic um, hive worm god that's being used to essentially power this pyramid ship. Shut and he's holding Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Was it a pyramid ship? Is it that's where it takes it was? Place? Yeah, you oh. the, the main the opening of the raid is you um, entering the pyramid ship and like opening it and getting out. What is going on, guys? It's your boy Snurfin here interjecting real quick. Unfortunately, we had a bit of a rough mishap while recording this episode, thanks to our lovely, fantastic... Fuck you, Craig. I'm not even going to give you any any kind of compliment here. Yes, due to Craig, uh, we've, we've experienced some recording issues, and we lost a small chunk here, so it's going to sound a little janky and a little disjointed. Um, and, uh, we're going to pick up a little bit further on down the line. Um, so sorry folks, but either way, let's get back to it.
Sorry about that, folks. We dropped off unexpectedly there through, uh, <laughs> well, our wonderful Craig again gave us yep. some issues. Um, we were just talking about the, what was it, the third encounter? Yeah. So uh, what I was saying was that uh, those symbols that you see, um, you have to match them up with other symbols that you get around the room, and that'll give you a code to open the next door. Um, and because I was holding the relic, I had to cleanse people. Uh, every 10 seconds, their screen would go completely black and they would die if I didn't. Um, and what you didn't see was that uh, there was somebody else holding a different type of relic. It was the uh, the nut type of relic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From like last week. And wish. yeah, the one that just shoots the, the laser beam gotcha. and it has Actually, infinite ammo. I think that goes as far back as the uh, as the uh, what was the first raid in Destiny too? Oh yeah, Leviathan. it's it's been around. It's yeah. definitely been around a long time. So you get that nut is used to kill knights uh, who have an immunity shield and can't be killed from anything other than that relic, and it gives you uh, an extend uh, to your time. And you only get a minute fifteen per room um, without killing a knight to clear it and get into the next one. Otherwise, yeah. it, it's uh kills the team and you restart um but once you beat that room with the two relics you get a third relic and that one is the taken um the taken orb which you have to use to go around the next room and cleanse these uh like tethers that make it impossible to kill and damage enemies Jesus. Um, yeah, so you have to be running all three relics, making sure the nut guy is killing the knights for extra time, the um, shield person is cleansing everybody of their debuffs, and then the taken guy is breaking the tethers. Uh, <laughs> oh and you got to go... It's fucking crazy, man. But every room, you've got to switch who holds what relic because you get a debuff and can't take it anymore. Of course you do! Yep. Because it would just be too fucking easy if the same oh, three course. people could do the same job. Yeah, exactly. And all the while, you have to kill four separate bosses per room to get the symbols to then match them up to the door uh, to oh open it to the next room. Oh, my and God. <laughs> it sounds really tough. It's actually not as bad as uh, like once you figure it out and know where you're going with the relics and know how to move around the rooms. It's not that bad. And it's a really fun encounter. Uh, but it took us a probably three and a half hours to to finish it. Because like the the level difference was so great that enemies would kill us in a single grenade, that's, so we'd have to be on our toes at all times. And that's like Alex insane. was saying, before, it is. And like those enemies that you saw, Alex, the the group that just spawned in front of me, yeah, those guys are infinitely spawning until you leave the room. Fuck me. Yeah. So you have to essentially be placing people all around the room to watch the doors uh, for the spawns to just be able to manage your um, your symbol runners uh, and be able to get through the encounter. But once you make it through that third room, um, you finally get your rewards. Then you get another quick jumping puzzle and all that onto the boss encounter, which we never ended up beating. It was, again, about a five-hour span of us fighting this guy and... We didn't really get very far, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's insane. The well, I mean, the fact that you made it that far, <clears throat> that far, excuse me, in general, um, is impressive. Like day one in any raid is never an easy feat. 
And, you know, I, I tell the story a lot, and I don't know if I've told it here, but I'll tell it anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, when, before I started running with you guys, before I even met up with your, with your clan, when I had, when I was in the other one, when uh, Vault of Glass first dropped, we did day one. Mm -hmm. and we couldn't even get in the front fucking door. Two and a half hours of trying, and we had to just call it a night, because we were not getting in. So, like, the day one challenge mode is no joke. You need to be on top of your shit. Um, and I mean, like, we were mostly at level for all of us, and we had decent gear, but I mean, we, we were just like, oh, this, this used to be so easy. We're not going to have to worry about uh, getting in. Like, getting in will be the <laughs> easy part. It's everything else inside that might cause problems. No, we couldn't even get in the front fucking door. Couldn't even open it up. Um, yeah. So, like, no, like, hats off to you guys for being able to get in there and actually make it to the final encounter. That's incredible. It was. It's just such a good time. Like, I do it. One, I I want uh, the unique emblem because they're always really cool, and I also want on my raid report for it to show that I've completed a, a day one raid. Yeah. Um, but we do a lot of Sherpas, so it, within our clan anyway, we do tons of Sherpas for people. So it it matters to us what our raid report looks like because that's what people see when when we're introducing them to new content right but it was a fucking great experience regardless of the fact that like five in the morning rolled around and we were still making no headway on the boss <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it was man. a great fucking time regardless and i will absolutely do it again for the next raid I without a doubt i feel that and hopefully i won't have to work and I can actually join up. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. I'll just Day get one some... experience is fucking crazy. But oh, yeah. I think like after we I think our biggest mistake was that half of our team had never run a GM level nightfall. And Fair. I think that's the biggest difference, is just like you you have to respect every level of enemy in a day one because they will easily one v one you. Yeah. And uh, I think that was the biggest problem is just maintaining our, our lives because we only get one res per person. Right. And when it came to the final boss, like he, he is a Dark Souls boss. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Like easily the most unique boss Destiny has ever had. Um, you start with like a, a, a relatively familiar symbol encounter to sort of access his DPS phase. Right. And when you do, he brings you up to this massive platform where he runs around and fucking kicks you and tries to cut you apart with his massive uh, double-edged like Thanos weapon that he has. Oh, damn. And he is quick. Like, he is a move where he'll lay this field of like shimmering green light on the ground. And two seconds after he does that, he'll dash in that direction to the other side of his uh, like boss area. Right. And if you're caught in it, you're dead. Oh, of course. <laughs> but if he catches you, like, <laughs> if he stops right in front of you, he's going to fucking kick you, and then you're still dead. I imagine <laughs> he'll kick you off the platform. Oh, no. You won't even make it off the platform before you You just die. die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just get evaporated. <laughs> but it's, it's a pretty complicated actual boss fight and there's a lot of uh, mechanics involved which make it difficult in trying to stay alive because while you're up there, 
you're still running um, symbols to different parts of uh, the actual boss area just to get your full damage on him. Right. So you're doing like a phase of ad clear, uh, a phase of symbol running, and then boss damage every round. Way to stretch it out. Yeah. I mean, it feels good for like for the day one experience. It feels fucking incredible. I don't know how it's going to be like a few months down the road where I've run it a hundred times and like I'm just looking for completion. So I yeah. feel like a lot of the encounters are are meant to prolong the uh, the raid. That's what it sounds like. So I don't know. I might have a different, a, a completely different feeling about this raid in a few months from now. But as of the day one, it was a fucking incredible raid. Very good. Hell yeah. And you heard it here. Probably not first, folks, because this raid's been out a couple <laughs> of days. And by the time you get to this recording, it'll probably have been out a week. So, yep. uh, or more, depending on how, how this, when this goes out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. That is incredible. I look very much forward to uh, getting in on this. Um, but as you know, I'm, I'm gone for a week, so it's going to be some time before I, I really get there. <laughs> um, and we still do have things around the house that we need to get done before we take off. Uh, oh, so yeah. the remainder of my free time is going to be doing that. Um, and I might have some time to hop on at some point, but it definitely won't be, <laughs> I definitely won't be raid ready. It'll be more of like a, let's run some strikes or something. <laughs> go, yeah, let's go run about in Crucible. Um, it was definitely a time commitment, especially until we've sort of mastered the, the strats on every encounter. Yeah. Uh, before we, we move on and out, uh, did you get any cool raid weapons? Um, I got a, a few things. I unfortunately didn't get a single piece of armor, which kind of sucks, but um, I got a decent submachine gun uh, in the kinetic slot, and I think that was the only thing that I got worth keeping. Everything else was just like higher level stuff. Yeah. Um, but nothing nothing usable per se. I've, I've seen I've seen one of the uh, the pulse rifle. Oh yeah, the exotic. And- and no, the uh, oh, I didn't know that was an exotic uh, pulse rifle. That to me, well, I've seen a picture of the exotic. I didn't know it was a pulse rifle. I thought it was like a like a fusion or a linear fusion or something. It is. Um, uh, it is a void pulse rifle. Yeah. Um, no, I've seen like the just like the raid pulse, and it okay. is a nutty looking weapon. Like it is, <laughs> they're they're cool looking, blocky, but cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And apparently it, it, it absolutely shreds in the crucible, but we'll, we'll see. Okay. Um, yeah. That's the, that's the thumbnail I, I had seen of it. I forget who put it up. I think it was Cacus. Shout outs to uh, Rick Cacus. Um, fan of the show. Definitely <laughs> fan of the show. <laughs> he should be. We're, we're awesome. He's kind of awesome, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he's not a fan anymore. Um <laughs> uh yeah with that being said let's uh let's get this wrapped up we are definitely um running up time here um maybe not as much as i i think we are only because we're gonna have to make edits and hopefully you find folks out there um won't get too disjointed with those edits um you're not gonna you're not even gonna know the first one so we're not even gonna worry about that this last one though you're definitely gonna (laughs) you're definitely gonna feel it (laughs) Um, so apologies in advance for the jank, but it is what it is. And that's all we can do is just keep moving forward. Uh, we can't have a perfect episode every time. Well, Most could, times. But like it would require a lot of 
paid for software and recording stuff and and, and i don't have internet. money for that and and good internet yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seriously i'm i'm gonna buy better internet for your fucking landlords jesus christ Thank you. i'm not though i don't have that oh. kind of money yeah Damn. love you but not that much um <laughs> with that being said let's get to some shout outs because shout outs are fun I'm gonna keep this one uh keep this one brief uh and and not have to go through all the uh all the throws there. Um big shout out to Matt the Rat, of course. He is our producer, he puts our stuff out for us. Uh and he's uh over at Rat House Productions. And if you want to find that on the internet, it's R-A-T-T-H-A-U-S dot net. There are other shows on there, but honestly, we're the only one worth listening to. just playing there is one other show you should check out uh called twat fm or the world according to fear and mdi sean fear innes and i go way back uh when i had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match little biggie joke there some of you will get that some of you don't even know who biggie is um Uh, he and his wife run that podcast, uh, Fear and MDI. They got me started on podcasting, and uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without them, so shout-outs to them. Um, big shout-out also to Joey over at Blind Knowledge, and we did shout him out last show uh, twice because I left out the, the, the bit where we actually had an interview with him. Uh, and if you still haven't seen that, go check that out. Uh, Joey's awesome. He uh, he promotes our stuff for us for free because I'm one of the first, I don't know, like 10 or 15 people to sign up with him uh, when he approached us way back, uh, a couple months back there. Uh, and I got and I hopped on the, the Blind Knowledge uh, train there. And uh, yeah, he promotes our stuff. We're on the front page at blindknowledge.com. That's blindknowledge.com. Dot com. I'm not spelling that out. It's too many letters and I'll fuck it up. Um, <laughs> but you can find us there uh, and other great shows. And there are a slew of other shows on there. Like there's music, there's horror, there's true crime. And then, of course, there's one of my favorites, Tales from the Animal Kingdoms. Shout out, uh, Kingdoms, sorry, not Kingdoms. Shout out to Adam. Uh, over at Tiff Tack there. He's a homie. Uh, we were on his show a couple weeks, before, probably about a month and a half now. <laughs> Everything seems like it was just yesterday, but it really wasn't. Um, go check him out and look to the future. Adam and I have paired up to start a new show called Transatlantic Transmissions. Um, not certain when that goes live. It'll definitely be live by the time you get this episode. Um, where we just kind of shoot the shit. Uh, it's nothing nothing special. We don't have any real particular topics. We just like the chit-chat, and, 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 and that's pretty much it. Um, I think I've covered all the things I want to cover, and I definitely went on longer than I uh, had planned on, even though I said I'll keep it brief. I lied. <laughs> Sue me. Ollie, if people want to find you on the Internet, where can they find you? Wherever they can find Ryan. Of uh, course. But- mm-hmm. Instagram at Oliver.hruiz. Ruiz. And Ryan, if people want to find you, where do they find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitch at Synthetic7S. I'll be live Sundays to Wednesdays. Come stop by. Yeah, definitely stop by. I stop by whenever I can, so everybody else should also stop by. 
Uh, if you want to find me on the internet, you can. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram at Snurfin. On Twitter at the real Snurfin. Um, I'm sure that I, I don't know if I've told the story behind that, but like I originally had at Snurfin on Twitter and then lost the password and then couldn't recover it. <laughs> so I had to create a second one. So there is both at Snurfin and at the real Snurfin, but I am at the real Snurfin. That's where you find me. And if you want to find the podcast as a whole, you can also on Instagram and Twitter at Nerdy Um Oh, also, there is a Nerdy Nomicron Twitch channel as well where, uh, where I try to go on and, and play some games from time to time. I haven't really used it a whole lot, but I'm slowly getting into the slew of things. Um, I don't have a proper schedule like Ryan here does because he's a professional and I'm just a fly-by-night kind of guy. So. <laughs> random Stop things may go out yeah random things may go out from time to time but if you ever see me on uh, and if I ever get my shit together and get a schedule going definitely come check me out um, I play just about anything um, lately I've been playing a lot of Neon Abyss because roguelites are my jam do you play um, Peppa Pig? I probably will not play Peppa Pig <laughs> <laughs> um at all, I'm, advertising. one one <laughs> one could make a case for possibly the Mean Girls video game. I might get there, um, <laughs> but uh, but no, but yeah, yeah, no, definitely come check us out. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. I think this concludes our show, and uh, we will definitely catch you guys on the flip side next week. Do enjoy the outro music, and uh, yeah, till next time, peace. Yeah, go Peace. home, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>